Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 87. And welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake, and here with me again is Sandy McKay. Rob? Hey, what's going on? Well, um, same old stuff, kind of. Uh, I'm busy with everything. Building, uh, building the portfolio and whatnot, as, as hopefully a lot of our listeners are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a break for a little while, and uh, but now I'm back at it. So uh, I'm pumped. I just got something under contract yesterday. Perfect. So, Want to yeah, share, yeah. share a bit? Or? Uh, you know, typical, just um, we're going to add a second suite to a single family here in town. So just following our bread and butter. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's well, going to be a good one, though. Nice. That's in Oshawa? It's in Oshawa, yeah. Perfect. Well, uh, for anyone who's a first-time listener or hasn't heard it or you just want to to repeat it again, go over to our website, BreakthroughRAPodcast.ca. Pick up our free report there, The Ultimate Strategy for Building Wealth Through Real Estate. And you can get on our email list as well to hear about all of our upcoming events and uh, property tours, all that sort of fun stuff. So go grab that today if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. And we would encourage everybody as well to go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, even if it's not five stars, although most people are leaving five star reviews for us, Sandy. Uh, most people like it, but uh, we are interested in what you have to say. So if you have some suggestions for us or you just have a comment about um, one of the episodes, then yeah, please feel free to go over there um, to iTunes and uh, let us know what you think. And as well, you know, subscribe to the podcast because it lets everybody else know about the show. It gets us out there to lots of other people. We can have some more great guests like the one we have today, which I'm super excited about, uh, Susan White Livermore. And uh, we're going to get to her in just a minute. But um, yeah, so go over there to iTunes and subscribe and leave us some comments. What else we got? Anything else? Any other housekeeping or can we get to the interview? What else we got? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, again, I should just mention that uh, if you if you subscribe to that email list that Cindy was talking about earlier over on our website, you'll get info on uh, all of our events that we have. I know Cindy's got events every once in a while. I'm doing property tours usually twice a month. So if you're interested in just getting out there meeting us or coming to one of these events and just learning about stuff, then uh, then, uh, then everyone should just get on our email list and you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. But yeah, no, I think that's it. And uh, like I said, I'm really excited to have Susan here and she's been waiting patiently there. So hi, Susan. <laughs> Hello. And how Thank are you? Thank you for having me. Very good. Very good. Can't complain. As you can see, I'm sitting in my car waiting to go to the next thing, but happy what's, to be here. What's the next thing? I'm going to see a private sale after this. So. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so. yeah. 
And uh, do you think it's something that you're going to be interested in or? I'm going to offer on the spot without uh, seeing the place, to be honest. (laughs) I've uh, done this particular house multitude of times. It's the same model, so and I do really well with it. So as soon as I Googled it on Google, uh, Google, you know, the Google Maps, that's what I was looking for. I was like, yeah, that it's a no-brainer for me because I knew what the price was right going in. So, okay, uh, I'm excited. That's awesome. And we'll get to exactly what that looks like maybe uh, uh, in the interview here. So, um, well, Sandy, I think you've got a bio there for Susan, don't you? I thought I didn't and I actually don't. So Susan, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, about your background in, in real estate and how you got started? Uh, how I got started? You know what? I really got started because of my brother who was six years younger than me. He, at uh, the age of 20, 21, decided he was going to buy a house to live in while he was going to school. And I remember thinking at the time, how are you going to do this? You don't have any credit. You don't have a job. You don't have any money. How are you going to make this happen? Well, he did this thing called finding joint venture partners. Didn't know what it was at the time, but went out and found people to buy the property with him. He managed it filled it with five other people. They held that property for five years and made $100,000 on it. And I remember thinking back, why didn't I do that? Like it was brilliant at the time, right? And so I was just inspired. He sold that property and immediately bought another house in behind Georgian College in Barrie, Ontario. Called me up and said, hey, I'm going to buy a property Uh, I bought another property and I was like, not this time, this time I'm jumping in. So he was my inspiration. Um, And so then I just got into it. I dabbled into it without any education for the tune of about three properties, got bored, uh, then got hit with uh, the 2008 um, recession, lost a lot of money in the, in the mortgage or in the uh, mutual fund world and decided that um, maybe this thing called real estate had some potential because my properties, although they weren't increasing in value, I was still getting mortgage pay down and I was still getting cash flow each month. So to me, it seemed like a good option for this dwindling pension that we had in the mutual fund. So went out and educated myself and since 2009 have been doing it sort of full time. Since 2009. That, yeah. Well, I started in 2006, but full time uh, in 2009. And, you know, I had a three month in hand and two other kids. And uh, yeah, my real intention initially was just to solve our pension problem because at the rate we were going, I didn't see it happening. Mm-hmm. So that's how okay. I got started. Perfect. So um, we, we managed to find your bio here now. So oh. let Sandy go into that. Well, I got a few things to run through because, yeah, there's a few awards. We want to make sure yeah. people know uh, what you've done. And, uh, you know, you're, yeah, you're yeah. kind of modest with, with what you have went through there. So, I mean, you, you're a newcomer of the year uh, from Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine 2011. You're a top player uh, in Real Estate Investment Network 2012. Uh, you're the millionaire mom, I guess is what you're known as. And, yeah, my new moniker. Yeah, and and you do some coaching and teaching from the stage. I think you yes. do you some yes. uh, presentations 
You do have, yeah. do you have a private coaching group or, or something like that? Do you run? Um, I'm doing one-on-one right now. I'm in the midst of finishing my book. Um, so until that's done, I, I've been kind of holding myself back from getting involved in too much, but I have been doing one-on-one coaching um and we'll continue to do that and joint venture uh, some joint venture partners i just started up again since my book's almost done um but yeah that's that's and uh, doing a lot of talks going out and and talking a lot lately which has been a, a ton of fun to get back out into that that world again yeah i just saw you i guess about almost a month ago now but that was really mm-hmm. cool i, I like mm-hmm. that talk that was great you Thank know you. I, I can't, and, and every time I go out to Durham, REI, I just love the speakers. So, but it was yeah, great to see you there. They do a good job. Um, okay, let's jump into the, uh, we, we touched on it a little bit before we actually started the show, because you were okay. telling us you're sitting in your car and you're waiting to go out and you're looking at the, uh, you're going to go look at a property. Now you say it's, uh, you've done this kind of property a couple of times. So talk to us about what that property looks like and what you're actually going to do with it. Um, I'm going to build it into a legalized suite. So that is that like yourself is very much my bread and butter. Um, I used to do a ton of rent to own studio properties. I built, I started building legalized suites in Calgary of all places. No, I didn't live there. I just went out there and started building them there when the market was crazy hot, came back here to Barrie and now I build them here. I do a lot of private sales, some wholesaling. I've probably done 75 to 85 transactions in different formats over the last nine years. Okay. So, so the one that you're going to see, you say you really like it and you already know the style and everything. So what is it? What is that one that you're going to see? Oh, it's a three, my, I love to do three up, two down. Uh Uh, The reason why this one happens to be a bungalow and I really I really change what I'm buying based on what the market's doing. So in 2017, when the market was crazy hot, I couldn't buy what I'm about to buy right now because the prices were way too high. So I was all over the semi-detached in 2017 because um, I was buying anything under 350 or so. They were very much the um, first-time home buyers, and I was building legalized suites there. So. I would take a semi-detached and kind of do a diagonal cut and uh, build a two up, two down, and you know maybe buy it for three up to three fifty max, and ended up sell, uh, reappraising for about four sixty. Now, because the single-family pre- houses have come down in value, I'm able to get single-family houses at under the four hundred mark. And then I can bring them up to between 500, 530 in there, 550 depending. So I prefer the single family houses. It's just, it wasn't feasible back in 2017. And the beauty thing about, I know now I'm, now I'm rambling, um, <laughs> choosing in 2017, it was really hard to buy anything. The beauty thing about what I was buying back then, those prices haven't dropped. So the semi-detached, have maintained their value because there's so many people still coming in at that price point. But we're started, we have seen, they're, they're steady now, but the, the single family houses have, have dropped a bit. And now I would say they're steady, but for in 2018, they definitely dropped 
$50,000. Well, I'm really surprised to hear you say that in 2017, you were still buying semis for 350 because I mean, that, that's, I mean, what market is that in? Barry. Barry. Yeah. Like, cause you can't find, you couldn't find anything like that around here. That was. Yeah. The, you had to move quickly and they usually need, needed TLC. Yeah, for sure. So now, I mean, there was a whole bunch of stuff you glazed over. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go back and dig <laughs> a little bit deeper into that thing. because no worries. I, feel, I feel like a lot of people are going to be uh, a little bit lost, especially if they're just starting out. So when you said you did sort of a diagonal split on these. Uh, okay. on, yeah, let's talk about that. So what does that look like exactly? Okay. So you, I'm taking a two-story semi-detached. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, someone's one of the the tenants will come in through the front of the house they'll probably get half of the main floor and they will get all of the upstairs and so they're sometimes their kitchen and family room is on the main floor sometimes just their kitchen is on the main floor the master bedroom sometimes becomes the family room and then there's two bedrooms and a bathroom already upstairs then coming around the back of the house, the, the, the lower suite tenants would come in through the back that what used to be the family room would turn into the family room kitchen. We'd go down to the basement. We'd put a bathroom, three, three piece, four piece bathroom. I'm big on putting in tubs in anything that has two bedrooms or more. So I'll put in a three foot tub if need be. Um, and two bedrooms in the in the basement and usually the laundry will go underneath the stairs in the basement and in the kitchen wherever upstairs mm -hmm. and what's the reason that you're so uh, adamant about having the tub I just want to keep um, options open for young families and it's harder for young families to bathe children in um, a shower so I'll get the smallest tub I can just so that they have some place for little ones to bathe. And I open that market up for little people. Right. So you're saying essentially if you were to put a shower in there, then you'd cut off a lot of the potential uh, tenants. I'd turn them away. Not, they're not necessarily not going to take it, but I just make their life a lot easier by putting in a three foot tub than just doing a shower. Mm -hmm. Well, I could see that. I mean, you, you can't move in there with a newborn and well, I mean, a one-year-old or a two-year-old and, and bathe them properly without that. Yeah, That's it's good. just, yeah. I'm trying, I find probably my, one of my biggest tenants are divorced parents, um, dads or moms. So any way I can help out is kind of what I'm after. And then I may let Sandy talk in like one more minute. But <laughs> one more thing to say here. Um, so you talked just a little bit about the numbers, right? So now, now you can buy a detached, which is what you're going to look at now. And it's a bungalow, right? So you, you mentioned you were talking about uh, price you would get it for and what you were going to refinance it for, even though I think you said you could pull out or something like that. Use different terms. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the numbers that you think you're going to get on this new project. Okay. So I'm buying it below market, but I'm buying it privately. Um, so I'm hoping to get it for 375 By the time I'm done with it, I haven't seen it yet. I'm assuming I'll have to put in $70,000, $80,000 into it. It'll probably, the appraisals have been interesting. 
So it'll probably appraise for four or five hundred to five twenty. That's when you're done. So ideally, I'll be able to pull out somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand dollars. But if I were to sell it, I'd probably sell it for no less than five thirty, maybe a little higher. Okay, so what you're saying is you go in, you buy it for um, three seventy five, roughly. Yeah. You're putting in seventy five thousand dollars. So now you're into it for four fifty. That's right. And you would be able to refinance it once everything is done. You think for about five fifty. No, that oh, would be the sale price five hundred. Five hundred oh, to five twenty. Okay. The sale price would be closer to five fifty. So you'd be able to pull out about fifty thousand dollars. Uh, in it for less than $50,000 of what you would put into it if you were to just buy it turnkey. Yes. Yes. Roughly. Yes. Which is great, right? Because I mean, if you're going to buy something for 500 grand, then you're, then you're looking at putting a hundred grand into it where now if you're doing it your way, you're in really only in it for about half that much. That's correct. That's correct. And you've got to set up exactly how you want it. Yeah. Exactly. Which is probably the exactly. biggest thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like both. Well, the money both are bonus. Too, yeah. 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 <laughs> how, how do you, I think a lot of people will be interested in how we've talked about it's a private deal. How do you find deals like that? How do you come across these type of opportunities typically? Um, I've tried lots of different ways. I know people do the, you know, they go online. I'm old school. Old school works for me. I've sent out a lot of different flyers to um, different houses. I send it through the mail. Um, and I've done professional stuff and I've done, you know, non-professional stuff. I've typed stuff up. What works best for me is for me to just be open and honest about who I am. I give them my full name. I tell them how long I live there. I've lived in the city for, I handwrite it. I, um, I tell them what I'm looking for. I tell them that I've already bought in their area. And I say, you know, I'm looking for a semi-detached or single-family detached, and it needs to be this size. I don't care what it looks like. Um, I need two parking spots. Um, and I put boxes beside each thing I look for. I do it in my hot pink paper because that's my thing. Um, and I allow people to check. Yeah, that's me. Yep, that's me. That's me. The more you can get them to say, yes, that's me the higher the chance that you're going to get them to call you. Plus you're also eliminating those calls. I, I want, I'm very protective of my time and I want to eliminate as many useless calls as possible. So I want people to self-select based on what I'm asking for. And so most of the time, my call, the calls that I get are huge potentials. And I would say for everyone that I send out within you know, two weeks of sending it out, I might get one or two that I actually act on. And then people will hold on to it. And I've picked up deals two years after I've sent out the flyer. So it's like, oh, I forgot I sent that flyer to that area. Um, but it's cool. Like, you just never know. Mm, that's great. So I like, I like that you've given the criteria right in and it's like, listen, Hey, unless you have this, don't even bother calling me. Well, and, and I, or, and I, yeah, <laughs> I, I just trying to protect my time as much uh -huh. as possible and to be honest with them. 
not yeah. twist. Yeah, because, I mean, there is a criteria that you need, and if it doesn't meet it, then there's not really any point in, yeah. in yeah. looking at it. Yeah. So do you send those out, like, blanket across the whole neighborhood, or are you targeting uh, specific houses in a neighborhood with that? Um, when you send them out with the mail, you have to choose um, a, a whole carrier's area. So I'll pick the streets. I actually don't do it. My assistant does it. So I'll pick the streets. She'll go into the post office and say, okay, she wants these streets, these streets, and these streets. And they will assign it to eat those particular carriers. And I usually send out about a thousand at a time. I, I have one particular area that I love uh, and I do really well in this particular area. Um, I like, the other thing I like is the old school where that goes directly to the house as opposed to the mailboxes. People think I actually went door to door. So it, that's kind of an extra bonus for them to, to incentivize them to call you. Mm -hmm. Very good. No, I, I, I do something similar. I don't, I like, it's been a long time since I've done the mailers like that, but I, I love driving around. Yeah, and if, I, and if I find something, uh, I'll uh, I'll put something in the mailbox. Yeah, I find that rude. I actually get an even higher response. I, I yeah. won't drive. I go for a walk. I'll pick a new neighborhood and go for a walk. And I, there's been times where I've brought ten flyers with me, and I'll get six calls. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. One more note on the private stuff. Are you buying a lot of them through private sales like that, or are you doing mix of I, that and MLS? I, I have not bought anything on MLS this year. I, I, to be honest, I've only wholesaled this year um, just because I've been really trying to stay focused on that book. I'm not doing a great job of it, but I'm trying. So I've been wholesaling and they've all been private sales from stuff that I had sent out in the fall. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I think that we've, uh, we've talked about wholesaling and stuff on other episodes. So if people don't know what that is. And you have to oh, look, and look up some wholesaling stuff, but essentially, essentially, it means that you you are getting a purchase and sale agreement on a house like you, the one you're going to today. You're agreeing to buy it, and then you know lots of people who would love to have that property, so you'll be uh, willing to assign it to them for a small or um, a nominal price. Could be large, yeah. Yeah, yeah could be large. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, you got the next one. Well, we've talked about the properties basically. I think we've pretty much cover the types of properties you invest in. What are the challenges then that hold you back from buying? I guess just right from uh, what some of the challenges were. You, you, you were mentioning that you brought your dad in. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, when I first got started in uh, real estate investing, I, I knew I wanted to jump in, but I was afraid to do it alone. So I, it was kind of the blind meeting the blind. So I, I asked my dad to join me, even though I had all the money and all the credit and we even had the property picked out. I just, I was afraid to do it myself. And, and then once I had um, gotten into real estate investing and I decided that I was gonna do this full time, I went and educated myself. And then I, I, for a year, I couldn't buy anything. I got stuck in this fear of all the things that could go wrong. Um, and, and I wasn't taking action until I eventually had told enough people, yeah, People started asking me, well, what are you doing now? And I said, I'm buying real estate. I'm buying real estate. Well, I had bought nothing for a year because I was so afraid of jumping in on my own. Eventually, I just jumped in. Um, 
and ended up making, I, I, I got caught in a rent to own that went bad, but I learned a ton from that rent to own. And I, I, I think it's probably the best thing that could have happened for me because I, all those things I had worried about prior to getting into it in the first place, I realized, hey, I went through it, I survived, and I made a ton of money, even though all those things did happen. Um, so it really gave me confidence that, you know, this thing called real estate, provided you're buying in the right market, you know, you can make mistakes and you can do things incorrectly, but the market, you can tweak things and, and the market will help you along the way, provided you are not giving up and you're focusing and you're looking for solutions along the way. That answers your question. Yeah, for sure. So, so really for you is mindset, I guess, or fear that was holding you back. So do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, go ahead. I was just going to say, so do you think that that's a pretty common thing that would hold somebody back? I think it's the number one thing that holds people Mm -hmm. back. I mean, if you really want to, you can find a deal anywhere. And if you really want to, there is money to be had anywhere. Like, it's just a matter of, it's a numbers game. If you ask enough people, sooner or later, somebody's going to give you the money. If you look at enough deals, sooner or later, you're going to find a deal that's working. What holds people back is that fear of failure, Mm -hmm. uh, stepping outside their comfort zone. I, You know, the people that are at the greatest disadvantage, if you ask me, are those people that have a very cushy, very comfy, uh, make great money, really hard for them to step out and get into real estate. And especially if they're thinking about doing it on a full-time basis, they're too comfortable. And when you're that comfortable, it's hard to put yourself at a risk that'll take you away from that comfort zone. I think the people that are, um, are able to make the easiest choices are the ones that are completely dissatisfied with where they are and need to make big changes and willing to take that risk in order to solve it. But if you're very comfortable, it's harder. Well, that's okay then. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, those people can stay in their cushy jobs. <laughs> and, uh, and the Absolutely. Rest of- we need those too. <laughs> um, so, so how would you suggest that somebody gets over their fear? Because, uh, let me tell you, like I bought enough properties myself and uh, the fear does not go away. Nope. And uh, so how do we accept it and, and still keep moving forward anyway? Uh, I, I think one of the f- first things to do is to have a really strong network because I believe, and I'm, I know I'm jumping into other stuff right now, but I believe that no matter what situation you get yourself into, there isn't someone out there that hasn't gone through it and could give you advice on how to maneuver your way through whatever problem you get yourself into. Um, that would be the number one thing I would say. If you're really, really scared, don't do it alone. Go get yourself a coach. Go get yourself another investor to partner with so that you don't feel alone. Um, I would be very particular about the market that you're in. If you know that you have a growing market, you know you can make some mistakes and still survive. You're not going to lose a ton of, well, you can, but the chances are that the market will uh, help you along. But if you're in a market where people are moving out of that market and you've bought poorly, you're in trouble. Um, 
other things, I, I mean, you're not going to know until you jump in. And the more you do it, the more confidence you, you build, you're going to make mistakes. And if you can step back and learn from those mistakes and not allow those mistakes to go in vain, it becomes empowering because you're like, wow, I made it through that. And for me, one of my biggest mistakes is I allowed a, uh, a property manager from Calgary to take me for $35,000. I survived it. And I, those properties are still doing fine. I, I was able to find a, another property manager very quickly, move them over. And, you know, that is scary for a lot of people. A lot of people will not invest somewhere else because like, what if that happens? Well, it happened to me and I'm okay. I survived. I found a solution. They did not take me down. Um, it's just real estate can be a very steady, steady way of creating wealth. You just have to have the mindset. Don't panic. Start asking questions. Start using your resources when things go wrong, as they will, but that's what people are out there for. And you got to be able to give as much as you're willing to receive. So if people are asking for you for solutions, give as much as you can, because then you can expect the same back when things don't go well for you. And I think one of the really interesting things you said there is partner with somebody. And a lot of people go, well, I've never bought a place. Like, why would someone want to partner with me? And there's a million different ways to structure uh, a co-venture yes. or joint venture or partnership or whatever you want to call it. And that could just be simply that both of you uh, share in it 50-50, right? 50-50, so, yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I've done multitude of different ways of joint venturing and, and, Sometimes I'll bring a joint venture partner on, they'll put in all of the money, they'll put in, get the mortgage, but what they really want from me is the coaching on how to do the deal. Mm -hmm. I'll walk you through whatever you want to know, but then I'm there holding your hand if need be. And that's a, a way you can learn. So maybe the next time you're willing to, you want to do it on your own. Maybe not. It's okay. Just get in. Sitting on the sidelines, you're getting nowhere fast. So what do you think was one of the, like, you've struggled to buy real estate, right? I guess you get to a yeah. certain point where, where maybe you've run out of, you can't qualify on your own anymore. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, how have you struggled? Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I, I um, struggled with uh, um, getting mortgages. Absolutely. I, I think the one of the first things I do is I keep my ear to the ground as to where the, um, opportunities for mortgages are. So I, my preference is always to pick them up myself if I possibly can. And I have had some success, be it through private lending and jumping onto commercial mortgages. I've done a few of those. And if all else fails, then I've started to bring in um, mortgage qualifiers so I'll give them a small percentage of the property in order to get the, um, get the, uh, get the mortgage for it uh, or just bring in joint venture partners. It's about creativity and it's about find, getting a piece of the pie as opposed to no pie at all. So just because I can't get a mortgage doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I still got these amazing opportunities so bringing people in is what I will do in whatever format they're willing to do. So for you, I feel like it's almost like struggling to buy real estate is if you're not like 
currently in a deal. That sounds like that's your struggle. Not <laughs> um, having a deal? Yeah, real, no, not having a deal, not, not not having an opportunity, but I, I think you see opportunity everywhere. Absolutely. So, so to me, it feels like it's like you feel like you're being slowed down unless you're in something at, at any given moment. Is that? That's correct. correct? That, yeah. that would be fair. And I, I, it, to be honest, over the last three months, as I'm handing deals over to uh, investor friends of mine, um, it, it, I've been gritting my teeth a little bit because I know the potential and know the fun that can be had in building legalized suites, but I committed to my ghostwriter to finish my book. So, but um, yeah, it's, it's not about, it's not about finding the deals. It's not about uh, finding the um, investors. It's about how creative can you be? And, you know, once you've been in this business for a while, it's kind of like building a snowball and it becomes a momentum. Initially, it's hard. You've got to put the snow together. You've got to push it together. You've got to push it. And then you're rolling it. And you're pushing it, you're pushing it, you're pushing it. But eventually you'll find a hill and the hill, it starts to go down the hill. It, it grabs momentum and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, sometimes you have to direct it, but it, you know, it's, you, you do, once you've been in this business for a while, it builds its own momentum and it, it's only limited by the amount of creativity that you have. And the reputation that you have reputation is huge you set the wrong reputation and your business is going to start to to crumble but if you've got that right reputation and you push you're kind of directing it and you're looking at all the different ways that you can be creative and hanging out with really creative people the opportunities the skies are the limits that is awesome i love it no yeah, no we, we got we got some advice in there, like that the sky's the limit and we got some practical, you know, <laughs> points. I think we're on the right track here. Very good. Well, what other advice do you think you could give for, for listeners if they're interested, but struggling with kind of making that first step or that leap into everything? How do they, how do they get into that? How do they do it? How do they, how do they get over that hump? The first thing you need to do is make the decision that I'm going to do that. And a lot of, I'm going to buy a real estate property. And a lot of people say it, say it, say it. But you won't know that you've actually made the decision until that fear starts to rise within you. When you know you've got fear happening because you're stepping outside your comfort zone, you've made the decision. And then that, don't let that fear go away. That fear is a good thing. That, that fear is, a, I equate it to excitement. It, so the same experience you have when you're in fear, you have in excitement. Recognize it as excitement. Go out and find a deal. Don't let that fear go away. Act on it immediately and pursue it until you've closed on a deal. Whether you have to do that with somebody else, whether you have to um, find a joint venture partner, I don't know. Just don't let that fear go away. Um, and if you need to find a coach, if you're, if you're, you know, if the fear is overwhelming, find yourself a coach. There are plenty of people out there with lots of seasoned ex experience that can help you through these processes. Um, get a strong realtor that, um, ideally that invests in real estate 
themselves and understands the real estate market, um, especially when you're first starting. And But make sure that you're checking what they say. So you want to, if they tell you that a property could rent for this amount, go check with a property manager. Make sure that those numbers add up um, because there are uh, realtors out there or not realtors. I'm not, I shouldn't give you, you need, you need, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. You need to check your own due diligence. If you got information, check it. It's your responsibility to check, to verify. And you, you check with different sources as to what, just to verify what the information that you've been get, given has ha, uh, actually is. Yeah, I, I, I would agree though too. I mean, you definitely have to do your own due diligence regardless of what, what someone else tells you. Like, for example, even even with you, like you're wholesaling a property, there, there very well might be some piece of the information that you don't have. Those people that buy that property are responsible for making sure that they can do what they want to do with the place. Right? Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, so you do offer some coaching, right? Like I do. Tell us I a little do. bit about that. What do you What do you have to offer? And right? you know what? Sorry, yeah. before you start, I know you said that you were sort of in the middle of something that's not quite done yet. Now, th th I mean, this is going to come out relatively soon. But you got to remember, people are going to be listening to it in the future, so don't be afraid to give out that info as well. The book, the book, the book, the book. whatever yeah. your program, any programs that you have coming out. You yeah. Know, you know, go okay. ahead and so what I'm doing right now, what I'm making available because I, I am planning courses uh, following the book, um, but I have people coming to me and they, they just don't want to wait and I don't blame them. If you've got the momentum now, you want to take action now, do it now. Uh, so right now what I'm offering is six hour coaching. It's phone coaching. It is comes with homework before your first call. Um, and that homework what I would say is that homework isn't just for that day. I expect once you get that homework started, that homework you will be doing for a lifetime as long as you're investing in real estate. Um, Cause it's, it's, I'm, it's homework that is, is habit building, so to speak. Um, so you, they get six hour phone calls with me. They, if they're in the area, they will get access to my team um, I will send, I don't go out and do tours. I will at a price, um, if they need me out at a tour of something that they've bought. Um, but traditionally I typically don't do that. I'll send them out to stuff that I'm working on and my contractor will walk them through it. Um, but you're getting a plethora of information. Not only are you getting the real estate investing part of things, which I believe is you know, the 40% how to's, I probably spend 60% of my time on mindset, uh, understanding where your thought process might be holding you back, um, changing your language. I, instead of saying I want or I'd like, using the word, the term I am, um, because you need to see it and believe it before you're actually going to live it. So, and I'm a big believer in that. Um, so we spend a lot of time, the six hours, uh, I'm generous with those six hours, to be honest. Um, so that is available. They can get in touch with me um, on my website at Susan, uh, at uh, millionairemom.co.com. I'm working on that. 
www.ghostbusters.co, there is a form that they can fill out to get into the coaching, or you can email me directly at susan at millionairemom.co. Um, my book is coming out and it's called, the first one is called Seriously, It's That Easy. And it's about millionaire mom's path to creating wealth in real estate in life. So it's a lot about the how-tos, the basic how-tos of buying real estate as long as the as, as well as the necessary mindset in order to become successful in real estate investing. And then the third thing that I will be, there will be a course following the book. Um, we're looking at a weekend course and it'll be a lot of the how-tos for basic real estate investing as, as well as the mindset training and coaching. Um, things like building your vision statement, building your, and it's a little different than what you might see in the other areas, uh, building a mantra that, you know, will keep you going regardless. Like when, the, when you have a bad day, I give myself a mantra every, I go through this mantra and it just changes my frame of mind, recognizes that I'm thinking in this narrow pathway when there's all these opportunities around me, but because of what's going on in my immediate vision this is all i see i use that mantra just to get me out and thinking bigger different and starting to see things from different perspectives and it's in those different perspectives that we see where the opportunity for improvement correction whatever you need might be so those are the three things um that are i am coming out with right now uh and i know i'm doing some talks in the fall but um they haven't been nailed down at this point in time Awesome. That's a lot of good stuff. So we'll put all that, uh, all the, that info there in the links in the, our show notes so people can, can look those up and, and get them and, and hopefully Excellent. connect with you further. Thanks. Um, what advice then would you give to new, new investors? What's some of the biggest pieces of advice you can give them? Big advice. Um, number one, building the, the, a large network. So you want a network of other investors that you can go to, um, to, yeah, yeah. This investing is not a competitive thing. And if you see investing as in a competitive thing that there's not enough to go around, you're missing out on so many opportunities. But if you can start networking, listening to podcasts, um, going out to networking invest and in, uh, investment groups, uh, meeting with other investors, that is where you're going to find solutions. You're going to find opportunities. You are going to have learned things that you're not, you won't get on your own. Often stuff that is very unique to your own market, which you might not get in a book or you might not get on a podcast that goes across the country. Um, but having those people to talk to when things don't go well is key and, and getting into bigger and better opportunities. He, I mean, I, I had a, an investor call me up a couple weeks ago and we went out for drinks and, and at the end of the, the conversation, I landed in an eightplex that I had no intention of ever getting involved in, but you just never know. It just kind of made too much sense not to do it. So um, creating a network of people that 
um, are doing this is important. The other thing I would also be really keen on, and this is a mindset thing, is be careful who you hang out with. It's really hard to get into this world when you're hanging out with people that think investing in real estate is not a great idea, that they're trying constantly trying to keep you away from risk, we'll call it. They've mm -hmm. heard all the horror stories and they want to protect you. Well, I just, um, if you really want to do this, hanging out with those people is not helping you. You want to build a, a network of people, usually the five, six people that you spend most of your time with, start building those on people that do more, that inspire you, that push you, that you, when you hang out with them, you start to see what potential you could have in your world. And they don't, they help you to think bigger as opposed to think smaller or the same. Because if you're not moving forward, you're every, you can't stay still. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. So find those people that are helping you to move forward, that are empowering you, that are inspiring you, that believe in you. Um, that, that is probably the other number one thing that I would be really, and that takes time. And that takes an acceptance that the friends you have today are highly likely not going to be the friends you're going to have five, 10 years from now because your world changes. And, you know, at, at some point it, it becomes an acceptance. What, what, like when I talk about real estate investing, I love hanging out with my friends from high school, but they don't want to listen to me talk real estate 24 seven. And, and that's fair, but I, we talk about the same, a lot of the same stuff we were talking about 10, 15 years ago, but I love them dearly, but it's probably not helping to build my business. I needed to find those people that had bigger and brighter and, and um, creative ideas. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I really do think that that is probably one of the biggest things is networking with people because any problem, well, first of all, let me just say this, that, that especially around here, and I mean, I'm talking about Southern Ontario, it's quite a large area, but the, uh, the, the group of investors is quite small and we all run into each other all the time, right? So no Absolutely, it's a small world. Yeah, I'm usually seeing the same people. And for the most part, those are good people. Like you said, yes. like these are all people that just wanted to do something more for themselves and they've gotten into this and, uh, and, and they've learned from all these other people who are there to help out and be a support group for each other. So yeah, definitely one of the most important things that people can do. Yeah. Now, Kudos for you to put this together because this is huge for people. If they, particularly when they are starting out on their own, just this could be your fifth person listening to this stuff on a daily basis, could be your third, your fifth person. Um, and so kudos to you for putting, I know that, that these things are a lot of time and energy, but it's great to help those people that are really trying to get into this world and understand that there are others out there doing this. Mm -hmm. Originally, we started out, Sandy and I, because we wanted to talk to you and other people like you, right, and learn what you guys know. So, so it was almost like a selfish reason that we started it out. But Doesn't matter. Know, yeah. But, uh, but no, it, it really does seem to help and, and we're happy to do it. Now, uh, one last question here, or well, maybe there's a couple more, but we won't, we'll, uh, we'll get through them. So okay. 
<laughs> so do you work with joint venture partners? You do, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. In so, whatever format they want to work in. Okay. So that was what I was going to ask. So who, like, what kind of joint venture partnership are you looking for? Who would, um, your, who would your ideal partner be? My favorite is, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I, I would say my favorite is the easiest, the one with lots of money, lots of credit, um, and loves to hear my feedback. So I, I love to, oh my God, this, I want to be able to call somebody up and, and give them all the good news, right? And then to get excited about the good news because I feed off of their energy. So high energy with good credit and, and uh, good uh, money is my favorite. Uh, second favorite is, okay, I don't want to hear from you that often. Fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> third. That's be, them. That's them saying they don't want to hear from you. Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. Just, just send me my check. That's fine. Um, I, I do like coaching. I love coaching. I love inspiring other people. So the joint venture partner who actually wants to learn. And because I could talk, 20, I don't know if you've realized yet, but I could talk real estate investing 24-7. Um, and my family has had more than their fair share. So anyone that's willing to listen, I love to coach. Uh, so I do like to take on joint ventures, joint venture partners that want to come in and learn. Um, I And then I like to help people out. Like someone wants to, I can see someone really wants to get in but they're afraid so i do the baby steps i will say okay why don't for this one you just lend me money for the rentals i'll do a we'll do a um a, a second mortgage or a promissory note i'll hold your money and use your money for a reno for five months, whatever it is, you'll get your money. You've got your feet wet. You've got a comfort level there. Maybe the next time you want to do just be the um, mortgage qualifier. So you get in, you become the mortgage qualifier. You're comfortable with that. You've got a little bit more, your feet a little bit deeper. And then maybe you want to be the full joint venture partner where I, you come in and I'll find the deal I'll uh, put the deal together. You put in the money and you put in the credit and you get 50% ownership. So I don't really care. Lots um, of different structures. I, yeah, for me, it's what do I need at that time? And if someone's really interested um, and they're a good fit for me, I'm not going to deny them. I, I, I'm a big believer in... When I do a joint venture agreement, I, it's a handshake first. I want to I feel like I never have to pull that agreement out. The only mm -hmm. reason I actually feel the need to sign one is if something happened to me or something happened to them, I don't want to be dealing with confusion with their family or my family. But for me, the relationship has to be very trustworthy right from the beginning mm -hmm. um so and and I, w I don't know if i call them friends but people that i enjoy working with right and, and yeah I, I guess you can call them friends um whatever but and joint joint 
joint venture partners are, you know, I, I'm there as much to help them get to their goal as they are to help me get to mine. So I, I have been buying a lot on my own for cash and, not, and then, you know, okay, I'll bring in a joint venture partner. Do I need to? No. Um, would this help them take the step that they need to step in on their own? Sometimes the answer is yes. And then I'm, if that's the case, I'm more likely to bring them in as a joint venture partner than go it alone because I feel like I'm helping them get to where they need to be. And okay. that jazzes me. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's win, win, win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and, and you know what we haven't really done justice to like, you've been a full time real estate investor for 10 years. Yes. That is huge. I don't know if there's many people that we've talked to that could say that. I don't like, okay. we would have to go back yeah. and look through, but I, I, I would say there's probably not many. And okay. that is just an amazing accomplishment in and of itself. Um, so congratulations for that. Thank you. <laughs> I also have three kids. That, so. Three kids. That's right. We didn't touch on it. The millionaire mom. Let's talk about your family. Yeah. I have three kids that are in very competitive, probably the most competitive sports that you can get into so they keep me hopping both financially and with my time so to say that i work my real estate business full time is kind of unfair i probably work 15 to 20 hours but build at a rate that most people would it would take them full-time hours to do it's just because i hire out for just about everything but if also i don't like doing it i won't do it but also, you know, you've learned that over time. You didn't start out yeah. that way, I'm sure. You know? No, no, yeah, this no. Has been it, a time and necessity, because I was quickly getting myself out of the business if I had continued to to go on as the way I was going, because I was trying to do it all and mm -hmm. burning myself out and getting my family to dislike me intensely. Yeah, and so that's another thing that we need to to mention to people is like. Although it's fun and although it's personal relationships and all that stuff, this is definitely a business and people yes. need to treat it that way. And I think yes. that you probably wouldn't have gotten where you are if you didn't treat it as a business, build it, grow it, make sure it adds systems, all that kind of stuff and, yes. and treat it the way that it deserves to be treated. So, yes. Um, yeah. And that being said, guys, we do encourage you to go over and check out Susan's courses and, and click on some of the links that we put in the show notes so you can learn more about her. Now, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Um, MillionaireMom.co is the, uh, the website. You can find me on, you can email me directly at Susan at MillionaireMom.co. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Millionaire underscore mom underscore enterprises. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn as Millionaire Mom. Yeah, those are probably the all the ways my uh, book writer would probably be able to give you more, but that's off the top of my head. That's what I know is available right now. Well, if they can't get in touch with you, one of those ways they're doing something wrong. So, yes, 
We should be able to get people in touch with you. And like Sandy said earlier, all this stuff is going to be in the show notes. So if you didn't get a chance to write it down, just go over to the uh, link for the show notes and you can just click on them and you'll be able to get in touch with Susan. So thanks very much for sharing everything. Really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you for having me. It was great. Sandy, yeah, thanks, how, can, that was awesome. how can people get in touch uh, with you, Sandy? Uh, info at mckrealtynetwork.com uh, or 289-389-6846. And I would just encourage anyone that wants to get in touch with me, maybe come on a property tour uh, to just email me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. So again, thank you, Susan. Really appreciate it. And everyone have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye.